Come on, give it up for the worship team. They did a good job again. Good evening, everybody. So glad that you are here on the Wednesday. Uh, where are we? <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> I'm excited tonight. I want to lay hands on everybody again. Well, that sounded exciting. Come on, who wants anointing tonight? Who's hungry for that? I always like it when I come and preach, um, not just in Australia, but in most of the countries, when, I, when I'm ministering and for the first time some people see me, they, they sit like this. It's like they don't know where did I come from or who's this madman preaching up front here. But Awesome. Who's hungry for the anointing? Who's going to make the devil mad with me and Jesus glad? Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. So I just want to, um, I want to, I have so much going on in my head, but uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, if you've got your Bible with you, please open it up there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, this morning I spoke about, or I had three questions for you, those of you who are here, and um, I think when I, when I come uh, and confront people with with my style of preaching, there's always, I could see the question mark on people's faces. Um, you know, for instance, uh, when I asked, when last have you seen something strange happen in your life? And then I could see the question mark there. You know, it's like, I, I can't do anything, you know, that's strange or weird or of the supernatural. But I want you to know this tonight, that we are Christians, there's one hallelujah. Who believes we're a Christian? How many of you say, I'm a Christian? Wave your hand. Who knows what that means? What does it mean if I say I'm a Christian? Okay, the word Christian means to be Christ-like. Is that right? Those of you who studied will know that means to be Christ-like. So... To say I'm a Christian, if somebody in the street says, are you a Christian? Then if I say yes, this is what I'm saying. Look at me, I am like Jesus. Because I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. What are you saying? Look at me, I'm like Jesus. Because I'm Christ-like. Like Christ. And so when I begin to teach and, and, and you know, we lay hands and, and we try to encourage you to go and do the works of Jesus, that's exactly who we are to be. We are to do the works of Jesus. Oh, yeah. If I say something you kind of agree, can you say, mm-hmm? Yeah. Right, let's try that. One, two, three. If I say something and you agree, really agree, say Amen. Amen. That's good. If I say something and it gets deep down in your spirit, jump on your chair, jump around and shout hallelujah. <laughs> so when I, when I say I'm a Christian, I am saying, look at me, I am like Jesus. 
Now this morning, when I said that, you know, what testimony do you carry or when last have you seen strange things? As Christians, this should not be something of the extraordinary. It should be something of the ordinary. Hello? We talk about, you know, and, and to the young people, and please don't misunderstand me because I love it and I'm with it all. But when we say we're going to extreme, we all become extreme for one week. And then afterwards, we're not extreme anymore. Hello? Or when I say I'm, you know, uh, 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 we, we're coming to these meetings and we're expecting God to see the supernatural. And, well, it should be a daily occurrence in every Christian's life. Hello? The fact of the matter, and, and you hear me say this every year, every time I come, the fact of the matter is I'm not here to perform to you. I'm not here to put up a show to, to prove that God can heal or to prove that God, that's not my job. Yeah, I, I come in as a guest speaker, and some people are under the impression, well, when he comes, he better perform, and he better do miracles, and he better prophesy, and he better do this, that, and the other. But that's not my function. My function is to teach you, to train you, equip you, and send you. Because it's your job to be a Christian. Hello? It's your job. I'm a Christian. I, I have many testimonies. You've heard that. Shared a lot. And this morning I shared a couple of them again. But you need to share a testimony. You need to go and build your own testimony. We can say amen. amen. So if you've come here tonight expecting me to perform, well, then you're going to leave very disappointed because I'm not here to, 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 you know, put up a show. I'm here to train you. And you are a Christian. And what does he say? Verse 1, Ephesians 4. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Now, I don't know how many of you understand just that sentence, to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, I understand what he says, and some of you have been walking the walk and not just talking the talk will understand what it is to be a prisoner of the Lord. They say now there's no amens there. Come on. When you're a prisoner of God... You're so caught up in Him. Just live for Him. Morning, afternoon, and evening. Day and night. Week after week. Month after month. Year after year. I have nothing else on earth that I care about except Jesus. Hello, somebody. He's my everything. I'm caught up in Him. I'm His prisoner. But in a good sense, not in a bad sense. You understand? So He says... I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you, I'm asking you, I almost want to put in the word there, I'm begging you, that you are to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So I am to walk worthy as a Christian. Can somebody say amen? amen. We're all we're, uh, we're supposed to walk worthy of what I am and who I am. Jesus speaks about the man who went out and uh, he gave talents to his workers. Who remembers that story? Yeah. I'm just going now as it comes up in my spirit. And uh, to one he gave ten talents, another one five talents, another, another one one talent. 
and the, the, the farmer or the businessman or whatever you want to call him, he, he gave these people talents and he was expecting them to be worthy of those talents, right? Work with this. Do something with it. Now, when I, look at, when I look at you this evening in front of me, even though we might be from different cultures and different backgrounds, as Christians, we are one family. I don't care whether you're white or black or pink or yellow. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care. We are a Christian, and because we're Christians, it makes us brothers and sisters. I'm sorry you stuck with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got me. But I see, I see talent, talented people in front of me. Why? Because God has saved you and He has deposited talents inside of you. And if you don't take the talent that God has given you, and if you don't start working with it, He's going to take it away. And it's so sad that I've seen that happen. No, I don't like what you just said there. God's not a God who will do stuff like that. Well, he doesn't lie in his word. See, the guy who got 10 talents, you know, he went and he worked with it and he produced 10 more. And the other one who had five, he produced five more. But the one who got one talent, he took that talent and he buried the talent. And he decided, well, you know what, I, I, I fear my boss so much that I'm just going to take this and hide it away. And when he comes back, I'll just give it to him. Friend. All of us have one talent, and that's to be a Christian. And let me say this. You will, whether you like it or not, stand before God one day. Me, you, all of us, we will be judged for what we did with our talents. What did you do with your talent? Did you take your talent and bury it? Did you take your talent and work with it? The one who worked with it, God increased it and gave him more. That's what I want to see. I want to see increase come to all of you here tonight. Who can say amen? amen. So he says that you are to work, walk worthy of your calling. Now, Matthew chapter 6 is such an awesome whole. The whole chapter is about prayer and so forth. But let's read verse 9 because Jesus teaches us how to pray. And in verse 9, he says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When I was in India, Pastor James was there with us. Do you remember, Pastor James, how they would every night close off with this prayer? When we had our, our open-air meetings there, you know, we preached to thousands and... Uh, when, when the service was over, everybody stood up and they all, you can have 10,000 people there, they would all say the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Just moved my heart. Just, I wish we could all do that real often. How can you say, say amen to that? Amen. Uh, but now, 
coming back to what I'm trying to teach on, we are Christians and we are to walk worthy of the calling with which we were called. Now we pray that. How many of you believe in the Lord's Prayer? Raise your hand. How many of you have prayed it before, perhaps? And how many of you believe when you pray that you believe that it's true what you pray? All right. Let's look at verse 10 again. You and I, we pray this, and Jesus taught us. He said, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth that is in heaven. So I have a question. Is God's will really being done in your life? Are you allowing God's will to be done in your life? Or are you allowing your own will to be done and not God's will? Because it sounds good. You know, we can stand in a corner, we can hold hands, and we can pray this prayer. And it sounds wonderful, it sounds religious, it sounds awesome. But the question is, are what we're praying happening in our lives? God is your will being done in my life. What is your will? My will is for you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. My will is for you to be a Christian. My will for you is to shine your light. My will for you is to bring change into the people around you. Not to be a 007 undercover agent for Jesus Christ. To be a submarine Christian. Who knows what's a submarine Christian? Ah, I've said that many times. Many people, they come to church on a Sunday. They come up under the water. Boop, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> and then on Monday, Tuesday, boop, they're gone. You don't see them. They don't, they don't talk with you. You, know, you, could, you. you wouldn't even know. <laughs> and this is a hard one to say, but I'm going to say I can put a Christian today here, and I can put a worldly person there, the two of them next to each other, and I cannot tell you who's the Christian. You cannot differentiate what is a Christian and what's a worldly person. How sad is that? If I'm a, if I'm a Christian, the Bible says that, that I am a peculiar person. Hello, somebody. We're a royal priest to the holy nation. We are a peculiar people. We don't look like the world, talk like the world, or act like the world. We are to be like Jesus. Come on. I talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, move like Jesus, do the things that Jesus does. I'm not like the world. But the church looks like the world. They talk like the world. They, they swear like the world. They drink like the world. They smoke like the world. Hello, they act like the world. Attention, I haven't said luckily not you, but hallelujah. Am I speaking the truth? So my question is, when we pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, am I truly allowing God's will to be done in my life? John chapter 4, we always go back to Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus said to the people, he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Think about that. Jesus was sent with a mission on this earth 
to fulfill his father's will. How many of you know that? And if you don't know the gospel, well, it's real simple. Satan came and stole from Adam and Eve, and Jesus had to come and take back what Satan stole. It's as simple as that. And Jesus knew where he was going to. Who, who knows that? He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to be tortured. He knew he was going to be beaten up. He knew he was going to be hated. He knew he was going to be mocked. But yet he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Is that true? Now, you and I are Christians. And Jesus' will is for us to, there's so much, but I'll just throw in my favorites. Jesus' will is for us to make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples. Jesus' will is for us to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. Come on, help me. Jesus' will is for us to fast and to pray. Jesus' will is for us to give our tithing. Jesus' will is to love our neighbor. And I can go on and on and on. But the question is, are we allowing His will in our lives? Or are we just taking the Scripture, the talent, and burying it, and put on a facade on a Sunday and look holy? But the rest of the week, we don't live like that. So look what Jesus says. He says, my food, somebody say food. I love it. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Somebody say finish his work. Well, do you know that you and I have a work to do and we need to finish it? Oh. Who wants Jesus to come? Who wants the end to take place? Who's ready to go to heaven? Oh, you all should have put your hand up there. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. But why hasn't he come? Those of you who've been following the internet and all of this stuff, you know, the 23rd of September was now supposed to be the coming of the Lord. He hasn't come yet. Well, surprise, surprise. Why hasn't he come? Well, now we'll all get into some religious argument and say, well, this, that, and the other. I'll tell you why the Lord hadn't come today is because His will is not yet being done completely on this earth. There are too many Christians sitting back and are waiting for somebody else to get the job done when it's actual fact your job, my job, all of us to get the job done. Oh, do you believe that? It's all of us. All of us. It's our responsibility to fulfill the commandments of God. His will. His will. Now, a lot of people get angry at, the, at what I'm saying. They say, but I wasn't called to do this, that, and the other. Let's look at verse 35. Jesus goes on and he says, Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for the harvest. Don't say, uh, I, I need another guy to lay hands on me, or I need to go and do another course, and I need to get some degree to be a soul winner. No, Jesus said the harvest is ready. Go out there. Come on, somebody. I have never found it so easy to win souls as I have in these last two years. Souls are just, they, it's so easy to win souls for Jesus, yet some people find it almost impossible. And Jesus said, no, let me tell you that the harvest is there. They are white. They're ready for the plucking. Who agrees? Yes. He who reaps, 
receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Well, that sounds good. I hope you heard that. Can I read it again? Let's read it again. He who reaps, he who brings in the souls, receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. How many of you want to have fruit ready when you get up into heaven? Get those blessings, get the work you've done down here to get the, the crowns up in heaven. Hallelujah. Preparation for our retirement in heaven one day. Nobody's hearing me. Huh? He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows, watch this one, and he who reaps may rejoice together. So we find here that one person sows and one person's reaping, but the fact of the matter is in the end we will all rejoice together. For in this saying, it is true, he says, one sows and the other reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored, and others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. I learned something in my uh, time of preaching. Many times when I stand up front here, like this morning, and I make statements that, like this, we led 30,000 people to Jesus, and I could you know, uh, some people, wow. Other people now, who do you think you are? You know, like you bragging or, or I want to I say this. Everything that I've done, even the fact that I'm standing here tonight, whatever is going to happen tonight or this week, I cannot for one minute say, look what I've done. Because everything I'm doing has been somebody who worked before me and labored before me. And sow the seed before me. Think about that. I cannot brag on anything that I have done or that I have accomplished. Because the Bible says one sowed and the other one reaped. It just happened that I was in the position of reaping the souls of somebody else sowing the seed. So if you want to look at me tonight and say, but I don't know how to sow, I mean, I don't know how to win souls for Jesus. Jesus said the harvest is white, it's ready for the plucking because somebody has labored before you. All you got to do is walk in and go and get that soul. Did that make sense? Did that make sense? You see, we, we're not in a competition and I think that most people think that when leaders stand up front here and speak and do stuff, that, that you feel like you're the lesser. We, you are not the lesser. We are equal in the eyes of God. Can I say that again? We are equal. God doesn't have favoritism or, or show favorites, you know, or have favorites. God looks at us equally. And wherever in, in your he has a fancy word. In your sphere of influence, somebody has labored before you and has planted seeds before you. And God is saying tonight prophetically that those seeds are ripe. They're ready for the plucking. Just walk in, be bold, and win those souls for Jesus. Come on, give him praise if you agree with that. Just get in there and do something. Turn to your neighbor and say we're not in a competition. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
Paul is such a wise man. He says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave each, uh, to each one. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but it is God who gave the increase. Hallelujah. God gives the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but it is God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Hallelujah. Come on, we are one. And each one, listen to this now, each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. How many of you want to receive a reward? How many of you want to enter into heaven one day and Jesus is going to stand there, shake your hand and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Or you will get to heaven and he will look at you and say, depart from me, you cursed, for I do not know you. There's only two answers we get when we get to heaven. It's either going to be well done or depart from me. Boy. I want to get the well done. Is anybody with me? Come on. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I always say this. When I go to heaven, you know, we have spiritual armor. How many have got your clothes on tonight? I hope you have your spiritual armor on. Well, I want to get into heaven, not all shiny, you know, with a, with a beautiful helmet and a shiny suit. I want to get into heaven. My helmet's going to be dented. My breastplate will be full of holes. My sword's going to be bloody. You know, I'm still going to be dragging the blood behind me. And I'm going to enter into heaven as a warrior, as a fighter. And God's going to look at me and say, yes, well done. Well done, my fighter. But some of you put your armor on the day you got saved and it's still all shiny and every now and then you just go (laughs) and you just keep it clean. No, let's be warriors for Jesus who can say amen. Let's let's be doers of the, let's take the talents that God has given us and let's develop them so that God can give us more talents. You know, when I prayed the first time, I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you, but when I prayed the first time, I saw a leg that had a hole, a bone broken in the leg, and the bone was sticking out of the skin. And I remember I was just, you know, I was three days old in the Lord, and I prayed, and God let that bone go back, and God healed that leg. And it was so amazing. And I, 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 it was so addictive to, to experience the power of God. But then after that, there were times when God would come and test me and see if, I, if I'm really hungry for, to, for more miracle power. And many times God comes and tests us. Like this week. This week is going to be a week of impartation, right? I'm going to lay hands on you tonight. We're going to impart something. God, I'm not the one who imparts it. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us, who can say amen. It's the Holy Spirit who, who fills us and anoints us. Now, we, we receive this anointing. The question will be, are you going to take that anointing and are you going to work with it? Or are you just going to say, well, you know what, I tried. I, I saw God, uh, uh, you know, even before I became a minister, even before I was ordained, I had seen God heal deaf ears and blind eyes and there was even a baby that was dead that God raised up and I wasn't even an ordained minister yet. 
But I remember coming to cases like cancer. And um, uh, I had a phone call one day. That I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I want to encourage you because I'm talking about the talents. And um, I remember somebody phoned me and said, uh, Dion, would you come and pray? There's a, there's a lady dying of cancer, and um, we, we just believe in God that God would heal. And I was in the minister, and I said, yes, I'll go. And uh, so I, I um, uh, made an appointment to go and see this lady, and I was fasting, you know, and I was praying, and I did everything Christian-like, you know, the correct way of doing it. And when I went to this lady, she was lying in bed. You could just see the death all over her, and she was stinking of the cancer, and it was horrible. And uh, so I knelt by her bed, and the first thing I did was lead her to Jesus. How many of you know that's more important than the healing? Get her saved. So if she died, she'll make it to heaven. So I led her to the Lord, you know, and I was all pumped up and full of faith, you know, and, and I'd seen God do miracles, and, and then I laid hands on her, and everything that I knew that was biblically correct, I bound the spirit of death, and I bound cancer, and I bound infirmity, and, and I asked God to heal this person, and, you know, and when I prayed, I said to this lady, how do you feel? And she said, "Woo!" she said, I feel wonderful. And I said, yes, praise God, she's healed. And I left, and two days later, I heard she died. And it hit me. Lord, I don't get it. You healed her, now she's dead. <laughs> How does that work? And the devil said to me, it's because your faith wasn't strong enough. It's because you weren't good enough. How many of you know the devil is quick to come and judge and condemn and to criticize? You know, he's quick to do that. And I said to the devil, ah, oh, shut up, devil, you're a liar. Said, uh, the Bible says, because I've seen God do other miracles, but cancer, you know. So it was about a month later, I get a phone call again. There's a man dying of cancer. And uh, they said, uh, would you come and pray for this man? And I said, sure, I would. I said, just give me a few days. And I even fasted a few days for this man. I prayed. I was in the Word. I quoted every healing scripture I could find. I, everything I did. And I went to this guy's house, and there he was. He was almost at the point of death. Same thing, I led him to Jesus. If anybody is listening to me, first get them saved and then pray for the healing. Anyway, led this man to Jesus, and then I did what I do. I laid hands on him, rebuked everything, asked God to heal him. I said, how do you feel? He said, I feel wonderful. He said, the pain's gone. I said, that's God. He healed you. Hallelujah. I went back. When I got home, that uh, next morning, I phoned and said, how's our brother doing? And they said, I'm sorry, Dion, he died through the night. Wow. You talk about doubt coming upon me. And the devil's saying, see, I told you you're not good enough. See, I told you you don't have the ability or the authority. You, you can't do it. So, long story short, a third person phoned me, and guess what? The same thing happened. The third person I prayed for led them to Jesus. They said they felt good. A couple of weeks later, they died. Now, I had a choice to say, you know what, Lord? I'll pray for everything but cancer. Lord, you've, you've, you've raised the dead. You've opened up blind eyes. You've opened up deaf ears, but cancers, Lord, I want nothing to do with that. Who's getting what I'm trying to say? 
because there's, a, there's a, a development going on inside of us, each and every one of us, and we are faced every day with circumstances, and God tests us in our faith. That talent is there, but we need to, Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. When I lay hands on you, you need to stir up the gift. It's not God stirring up the gift. You have to stir up the gift. So we had a big revival in our country. And um, in our country, there was this, uh, I got a phone call from Johannesburg, which would be like Brisbane here. I don't know if that's the same distance, but anyway, far away. And they said, uh, Brother Dion, we heard about your revival meetings that you're having. And uh, we, uh, we have this lady who is dying of cancer. She has a, a liver cancer. I think it was liver cancer. And uh, they cut out her stomach because the cancer spread out in the whole body. And, and she's busy dying. And uh, we want to bring her. It was a four-hour drive. We want to bring her to your meeting. And we want to ask God to heal her. And I, you know, my first reaction was... There's plenty of other churches she can go to. <laughs> okay, you didn't get that one. I mean, we have great healing ministries in, in Johannesburg. Just go there. I'll even phone them and make a recommendation for you. You know, because I know these pastors. Go there. You don't have to. It's far, four hours drive. Don't come. Stay there. Go somewhere else. No, they were persistent. We want to come to your meeting, the lady who was dying of cancer. We want to come to your meeting. I said, oh, all right then. I had no faith. I'm telling you right now, nothing. Nothing. But how many of you know, the Bible says, when I'm weak, then I'm actually strong. For now it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit. And I, if, I could, if you could grasp that tonight, each and every one of you will go from here to there in your, in your faith level. I'm telling you right now. So I was preaching, it was about 10 to 9, I think it was, in the meeting. And lo and behold, right in the back of the church, here they come in, carrying this woman on a stretcher, and they laid her on the platform in front of us. Now I'm, I'm preaching like now, and they come in and say, oh, Brother Dion, sorry, 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 we late, uh, we drove, and I completely forgot about these people coming, but here they are, and uh, they carry this woman on the, on the platform. She's as yellow as, as yellow can be. She, she's, she, you know, she, she looks dead. And they lay her down, and they said we had to stop like five or six times because she was just vomiting, you know, and, and, and she was just, it's just horrible, horrible. We're sorry we're late. And so here I am. I've prayed for my first three patients. They all died. Bless God, they went to heaven. <laughs> but they died, and they lay her down on the platform, and I'm standing here, and there's 500 people out there, and I'm looking at this young lady. How old was she, Shemaine? 24? Now, I don't know, Tians, if you guys remember that night. Where is Tians in there? Were you there that night in the revival when we had it? I don't know if you guys were there, but it was in our church where we had that two-year revival. But anyway, um, she was lying on the stage, and I asked this girl, I said, um, tell me, do you want to live or die? She said, I want to live. I said, okay, that's a good point right there. If you want to live, there's hope. How many of you agree? If somebody has a will to live, then there's hope. 
It's like I went to another guy, a big pastor, big church, big church in our country. This pastor's wife was dying of cancer. He phoned me and said, please come and pray for my wife. I said, okay, okay I'll come. And uh, I walked in, and they actually took her out of, a, out of a bed and made a bed in the living room for her to lie there just for me to go and pray for her. When I got there, there were like 20 other pastors there. And I walked straight in, and I saw this woman. I could just see she's just, you know, she, she, there was nothing. And I said, do you want to live or die? She said, I want to die. I said, all right, then I'll pray you die. I, I'm serious. And the pastor got so mad at me. He said, how can you do that? I asked you to pray for healing. I said, I'm not going to pray for healing that goes against her will. She doesn't want to live. She's not going to receive one thing from it. Well, there was another little lesson to learn. Because many times we want to force our will off onto somebody else's will. God's will is to heal everybody. Amen. But if people don't want to receive it, they're not going to get it. It's like people trying to stop smoking. They want to stop smoking because somebody told them to stop smoking. But they didn't have the will on their own to stop smoking. I've seen that many times. Many people, uh, I was the same. I smoked 40 cigarettes a day. And, and, and Shemaine said, you stink, stop smoking. And so I tried three times. Really, I did. It lasted good for two hours. And I could eat as many peppermints and stuff as I wanted. It didn't help because I didn't want to stop. But when I got born again and saved, and when I got the revelation, God is living inside of me and that my body is a temple of where God stays, I made a decision there. That's it. I'm never going to smoke again because I love God. And guess what? I stopped just like that because I wanted to. I wasn't forced to. I wanted to. And if somebody wants to live or die, you know, do you want to live? Yes. Do you want to be healed? Yes, I do. Well, come on, let's pray for you then. So this is the other lady now lying on the stage. And I said, you want to live or die? She said, I want to, I want to live. I said, great. Now, I'll tell you right now, as I'm standing here before you, I had no faith for this woman's healing. I mean, I believe, don't misunderstand, I believe God could do it. But for me, you know. But God was testing me. And I laid my hands on her and I said, then let's pray. And I prayed the, the simplest of prayers. I said, Father, I just thank you right now. They've come so far, Lord. They've come here for me to pray. I didn't ask this, Lord. So I'm asking in the name of Jesus, will you hear? When I said that, this woman went like this, and black stuff came out of her. And she vomited the cancer up. It wasn't a pretty sight. But she sat up, and her face that was yellow was just back into color again. You know, she said, she said, Whew! She said wow, I feel wonderful. People were jumping up and down in church, and, I'm, and I'm, she says this, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. How many of you know, if you, if you are hungry after something like that, God truly did something. And I said, well, you know what, I just prayed to ask the Lord to heal you from the cancer. The cancer's gone, but you don't have a stomach, is that right? She said, yes, they cut everything out. I said, well, now you're going to die of starvation because you don't have a stomach. <laughs> it's my way of thinking. I said, let's ask God to give you a new stomach. So I laid my hand on her, and I said, God, I'm trusting you to do a creative miracle. And I ask you to give her a brand new stomach in the name of Jesus. And when I did that, she said, now I'm really hungry. <laughs> I'm not lying. It says, there was a boy. I said, does anybody have anything to eat here? And there was a boy who came, and he had a sandwich with him. And he said, yes, you can have my sandwich. And he had a can of Coke, a sealed can of Coke. 
Now, I don't know if you know, you cannot drink Coke on a, on a stomach like that. It's just impossible. You cannot even put solids in there. And she stood in front of all those people, and she gobbled up that sandwich and down the Coke. <laughs> Instantly, completely healed by the power of Jesus' name. <laughs> completely healed. Bless the Lord. It was such a big miracle that she hit our, our Christian magazines in our country. She was in the Christian magazines going around testifying. Do you remember that, Tint? Yeah, you remember that. Isn't that exciting? But the fact of the matter is I could have just refused. So tonight we lay hands on you. Tonight we ask God to impart His anointing, the Holy Spirit, to baptize you, to refresh you, to whatever, fire you up. The question is, what do you do with what you get tonight, tomorrow? Are you going to exercise your faith, or are you going to walk around with that fear of saying, what if it doesn't work, or what if I don't, you know, that, that lie of the devil in the back of your head. And my point is, what if it doesn't work? It's not your problem. Hello? It's not your problem. You're not the healer. This week, I'm going to pray for some of you. And if you don't get healed, it's not my problem. I'm not the healer. Jesus Christ is the healer. Who agrees with that? But I, 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 I can, you know, either be afraid to pray for you because I'm afraid it's not going to work and that's a bad thing. You've got that fear upon you. Or I can just lay my hands in the name of Jesus and say, you know what, Lord? Freely I've received. Freely I'm going to give. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray again. And I'll pray again until this thing works. When I prayed now for cancers, I want to tell you, I've seen literally thousands of cancers healed. Thousands. Because God tested me and said, are you going to quit or are you just going to keep on believing? I chose the latter. Thank God I did. Hallelujah. A seed was sowed in that lady's life somewhere. Somebody ministered healing to her. I definitely didn't. Who gets what I'm saying? I, 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 I would just happen to be the guy she wanted me to pray and I prayed for her. And because of somebody's labors, I ripped the harvest. But can I take glory for what I've done? No. God gave the increase. God did the miracle. Come on, give him praise if you agree with that. Hallelujah. So he says, now he who plants and he who waters are one. That's us. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. Hallelujah. Did you get that? We, we are God's fellow workers. Hello? You are God's field and you are God's building. Thank you, Jesus. And I end up with this. I want to lay hands on you right now. Hallelujah. Matthew 9, verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease amongst these people. Please note this. I started off with this sermon and I said, are you doing God's will? Jesus said, 
My food is to do the will of my Father. My food is to finish the task that He's called me to do. Who can say amen? amen. Tonight, all of us here are Christians, and we all have a calling. Who can say amen? Our calling is to be a Christian, and our calling should be to do the will of our Father. Are you getting this? What is the Father's will? Jesus went and he was teaching, he was preaching, and he was healing. That is your job and my job. We are to preach, share the good news. Hello, somebody. We are to teach the people the word, and we are to pray for the sick and get them healed. Thanks for that encouraging amen. All of us. You say, but I can't do that. Yes, you can. You're a Christian. Stop allowing the devil to lie to you. You are a Christian. Monkey see, monkey do. You heard me say that many times. You don't know how to pray for the sick. Look at me. You go and do it. Paul said, I copy. Uh, he said, copy me as I copy Jesus. So there's nothing wrong. If I would say tonight, look how I'm doing it, then you go and do it. Amen. I learned it from somebody. Somebody learned it from somebody. And so, that's, so it goes on. Bless the Lord. What does he say? He says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Somebody say compassion. I've said this many times. I'll say it again. You need the compassion of Jesus to be one to be used by him. Put your hand in the air. Say this, Jesus, give me compassion. Now say it by faith. Say it again. Jesus, give me compassion. Your compassion. Let me see through your eyes. Let me feel through your hands. Let me hear through your ears. I ask this in Jesus' name. How many of you agree with that prayer? That's what I want, compassion. So when he, was, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, that's you and I tonight, all of us, turn to your neighbor and say, listen to what he has to say now. Okay? Jesus says to us, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Hello? The harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So a lot of you say, now, Dion, why do you want to lay hands on us? I want to lay hands on you that God can send you out as a laborer into a harvest field that is ready for the plucking. Gladstone, revival is knocking at your door. It's a Sunday night. The church is almost full. Let's fill it tomorrow night. Let's not wait until Friday night or let's wait for some space. Let's do it tomorrow night. Come on. Let's be laborers. Let's work together. Oh. Come on. Let's do it for Jesus. Let's do it for his kingdom. Not for me, for the kingdom of God. And I end with one more scripture. I said it was the last, but I just feel God wants me to say this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 5. And I have a sermon. I'm busy working on this thing. But I just want to read this because God's laying it on my heart. 
He says, for our gospel, Paul is writing again. He says, our gospel did not come to you in word only. Now, unfortunately, most Christians are in word only. But he says, but also in power. It's no good, Christian, that you can quote the scriptures and go to a Bible study. Everybody does that. But Paul says, our gospel is not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. It's no good that you can just quote the Bible. You need to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never let you down. Hey, hello. God is there. He'll back you up. He'll stand with you. Jesus taught us and he said, there'll come a time when you're going to be in a situation and you don't know what to say and you don't know how to operate. It's okay. Trust in him. He'll give you the words to speak. He'll tell you what to do. He'll show you how to do it. I hope you're encouraged by that tonight. The Holy Spirit will give you the insurance. He'll back you up and he'll help you. And if it didn't work the first time, it wasn't God who didn't do his job. It is God testing us and saying, will you, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you, will you hold on to the promises that I have? Maybe those three people who I, you know, who I prayed for, the cancer patients who died, maybe God had a reason for them to take them to heaven. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm never going to even dare to ask God why he did that. All I know is, God, did you find me faithful? And in the end, he did. Because I didn't give up. I wanted to, but I didn't. Is anybody with me? Are you ready for the word? Are you ready for the power? Are you ready to see God do something? Not me, you. When you see me walk into this church tomorrow night, and you're sitting there excited, you come to me and you say, Brother Dion, I just quickly want to tell you, this is what happened today. Now, that's what I'm waiting for. Uh-oh. I want you to come to me and say, Brother Dion, guess what? When you laid hands on me last night, the Holy Ghost came upon me, and today I prayed for somebody deaf, and God healed them. I want to hear that. I want to hear you come to me and say, Dion, guess what? Last night, wow, God touched me, but you know what happened today? I led two people to Jesus. That's what I'm, I want that. So please do that to me. Irritate me and come tell me what you've done for Jesus. <laughs> See, some of you just looking at me. Really? Yes, go. Go, do something. We don't want to stand here and keep on telling what I've done. Who cares what I've done? I want to hear what you've done for his kingdom. So turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Oh, say it again. Get ready, neighbor. Get ready. Whew. Father, we thank you. Where's Kate? We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the Word. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for your very presence tonight. We declare that we are dependent upon you, not upon a man. It's not about a man. It's about you, Jesus. It's about your kingdom. 
And Father, you taught us when we prayed, Jesus, you said, your kingdom come, your will be done. And Lord, this afternoon, while I was meditating, Lord, I felt so strong that you said for me to tell the people who will commit themselves to me. And I want to I say this now publicly to all of you that is, that is sitting here with your head bowed. The Lord really said that to me. He said, ask them who will be willing to commit themselves to me. As in total commitment, surrender. Surrendering to my word, surrendering to my will. God's will, obviously. Willing, willing, willing to give up everything for His kingdom. When you pray tomorrow morning or tonight when you go to bed and you say, Lord, Your will be done in my life. May you commit to that prayer. I'm preaching for myself as I'm preaching for you. Again, I want to commit my life to you, Jesus. Not as in salvation, as in, Lord, I am serious with you. No more, no more game playing. No more religiousness. Just me and you, Jesus. Taking Gladstone, my Jerusalem. And Lord, if you can find me faithful in Gladstone, you'll give me Rockhampton. And Lord, if you can find me faithful in Rockhampton, you'll give me Brisbane. And if you can find me faithful in Brisbane, you'll give me Australia. And if you can find me faithful in Australia, you'll give me the world. Those of you who say, Dion, I'm ready. I'm ready to commit myself. If you mean that, stand up and come down here. I'm not going to repeat it. You heard me say it the first time. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't wait for somebody to move. You make a choice tonight. I'm committing to you, Jesus. I'm saying, Jesus, your will be done. Not my will, Jesus. Don't have time to teach it, but Paul teaches and says there's this battle that rages inside of us. The flesh is fighting against the spirit. Not my will, your will, your will, your will, Jesus, be done. I'm going to commit myself, Lord. Not to Dion Hockey. I'm not just committing myself to Port City, but I'm committing myself to you, Jesus. And I'm going to be obedient to your will and your commandments. Whatever you said, I will do it, Lord. Even if I fail, even if it doesn't work the first time or the second or the third time, I am committed to your will, God. Your will be done in my life. Here I am, Jesus. Use me, Jesus. Send me, Jesus. I give you my hands and my feet, my lips, my body. 
Work through me, Jesus. Come on, talk to Him. Talk to Him. Commit yourself to Him. Don't wait for me to lead you in a prayer. You make a commitment. You make a commitment. Commit yourself. Lord, I've tried it once. I've failed. But I'm committing myself again tonight, Lord. I'm just going to keep on keeping on. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care, Lord, how many times I've failed, Jesus. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to your cause. Come on. Get, get into the Spirit right now. Get in the Spirit. Get out of the flesh. Get in the Spirit. Speak to Him. Speak to Him. With one's mouth, one confesses. And with one's heart, one believes. Speak to Him. Commit it to Him. Lord, here I am. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of being a Christian. I'm not ashamed of standing for righteousness and holiness and purity. I'm not ashamed, Jesus, of your power. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm a Christian and I will walk worthy of this calling. I am called to serve you, Jesus, because I love you, God. You died for me, Jesus. I will die for you, Jesus. I lay down everything at this altar tonight. I lay it down before you, Jesus. My own selfish ambitions. I lay down my will. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Oh, we worship you, we worship you. Sinama mandriese la babandoro bobosete. Sinama mandriese la babandere. Sinama mandriese sururu. Sinama mandriese la rababandriese sururu. We lift you up, we exalt you, Jesus. We need you, we need you, we need you. Oh, we lay down our lives before you tonight. We surrender, we surrender all to you. You deserve the glory. You are mighty, you are holy, Lord. We love you, Lord. I'm going to come and lay my hand upon you. And I'm going to ask the Lord to baptize you with His Holy Spirit again. Some of you say, but I have been baptized. Then you be refilled. 
A car cannot move on one petrol tank. It needs to be filled up at the gas station. It needs petrol to fill the tank up. Today, God's going to fill your tank up. Fill you up, fill you up, fill you up, fill you up. If I lay hands on you and the power of God comes upon you and you feel you want to fall down, it's okay, somebody will catch you. But I sense the Lord wants to speak to you tonight. Whether you're standing, sitting, or lying, it doesn't matter. God wants to reveal somebody you need to go to tomorrow, somebody you have to phone. The visions that will come to you tonight, maybe a dream, I don't know. God's going to speak to you tonight. Say this, I believe. Come on, everybody, I believe. When Dion lays hands on me, the Holy Spirit is going to come over me. Hallelujah. Say this, I believe when I receive this anointing, I'm going to leave this place in the joy of the Lord because I have new strength to do the impossible. I know with God all things are possible. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make the devil mad. And I'm going to make Jesus glad. Somebody is going to get saved tomorrow. Somebody will be witness to tomorrow. I will be the witness. I will share the good news of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, you lead me. You guide me to the right person in Jesus' name. My hands is going to be laid on somebody and they're going to be healed in Jesus' name. I do not doubt that. I believe it because God said it and I'm going to do it. I will be a changer of Gladstone. History will be made in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid. I am not afraid. The devil is afraid, but I am not afraid. Satan, your time is up. Oh, come on, tell him. Your time is up. You will not steal, you will not kill, and you will not destroy. In any means, in Jesus' name. Come on, pray in tongues or worship the Lord. I'm going to lay hands on you. Where's my catches? Let's start that side. Sing, sister. 